Okay. <laughs> All right, Pamela. It's Can okay. I try it again? Let's try yeah, it again. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of The Current Status. My name is Holly Lehman. You can find me on Twitter at Lehman underscore underscore Holly, and I would love to introduce our batch hostesses. Teresa? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Teresa Miller, and you can find me on Twitter as at 24 by 7 IT Connect. Super excited about today's show. Um, but we also have a couple more introductions. So, Pumala? Hey, everyone. It's Exchange Goddess. Uh, and, you know, you can find me on the Twitters as at Exchange Goddess. And yes, it is my real name. And we hand it back off to Holly to introduce our guest today. That's right. First, let's say hi to John. John, thank you for joining today. Hey, John. And I am excited to have a friend of mine and this amazing woman in tech, Melissa, Chief Penguin from IBM and World Traveler. Melissa, thank you for joining the show today. It's your turn. Take it over. It's all about you. Unmute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I just said everything I needed to say. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So hopefully while I'm talking, um, they're not going to make me put my mask on, but they might because I'm out in the public. Sorry right if they do. Yeah, it's all right if they do because we all want to be um, safe and healthy and follow the rules. So I'm uh, Melissa Sassy, and you can find me at Mentor Africa with the K on the Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, Melissa Sassy, and I uh, run a, a program at IBM uh, called the uh, uh, the IBM Hyperprotect Accelerator, and I do a whole lot of other fun stuff that I'm happy to talk about you you know, talk about you, talk about me, talk about all of us together. So we have you on the show. We're super excited, all masked up and everything out next to the ocean. One of the biggest things, you're doing so many things right now, Melissa. Yeah, look at that view. Don't make us jealous. Don't so, do it. Don't do it. Uh, words for you, Melissa, but I'm not going to say it on the air. I, get <laughs> I know exactly what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> So here's the thing. You do so many things. You've got so many projects. You are such an inspiration to women in tech, and we can get into all of it. But one of the biggest things and obviously most relevant, Code the Cure. Tell us about that. What is it about? What is happening? Tell us about the, the judging and what came out of it and who participated. Go. The floor is yours. Awesome. Cool. So um, I, um, I, I do a lot of work with the UN. And... You know, when this whole, um, you know, COVID thing started happening, you know, we're all kind of adjusting to um, the new norm of life. And, you know, obviously all of our lives have changed. And, you know, many of us, you know, are, are balancing, um, you know, kids and family and all of the things that we have to do in life. And I thought, you know, what, what can I do? What can I personally do? Whether that's in my um, professional capacity or, you know, me personally. And so I sat there for a little bit and I thought, you know, I've got all this digital skills content, um, both as kind of me as a person, as well as within my, um, you know, broader capacity at uh, IBM. And I thought, well, who can I do this with? And what could I do? And so I reached out to my friends at uh, UNESCO. I said, hey, I got all this content. We've got all this content. I've run a gazillion hackathons in my, you know, in my, in my life. Um, I'll tell you about my hackathon journey in a, in a bit because I actually um, have the career that I have today 
because of uh, participating in a, uh, a Microsoft hackathon, which again, I'll talk about in a nice. second. Yeah, when I, when I spoke to the guys at, at UNESCO, the gang at UNESCO, um, they said, what if we did a, a hackathon together that was all about fighting back against uh, COVID-19? And so we kind of brainstormed things a little bit to figure out what might that look like. And so we ended up um, creating this hackathon called Code the Curve. And essentially, it was all about fighting back against COVID-19 by creating um, technical or data science solutions around education, around um, health and social issues, and data. You know, naturally, that, that's not going to solve every single issue that, that we have. And it's not about how do we, as tech, you know, technologists, come out and create a vaccine. You know, as technologists, that's not, you know, that's not our place in the world. Um, but we thought, what could what could we do? How could we make a difference? And at that time, and I don't know what the numbers are now, but at that time, there were 1.5 million young people at home due to COVID-19 school closures. You know, many um, students from around the world are still at home. My kids have not went to school um, since this whole thing happened. Um, my children live in North Africa, and I looked and I thought, you know, my kids are being left behind and many parents are not able to, you know, teach their kids at balance with work or even teach their kids if they if they even wanted to. So I thought, you know, what could we do? We set up this um, hackathon where we ended up having uh, 200 teams apply in uh, in a week, in nine days. That's fantastic. That's a great uh, level you know, of interest. All over the world. Wow. Um, you know, every single continent, well, maybe Antarctica was not included in there, but anyway. Um, <laughs> they seem to be missing from everything we talk about. I know. It's, it's the continent really doesn't want to join the party. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, we had a, just scores of people um, uh, uh, sign up to, to take part. We selected 40 teams, and um, almost all of the teams completed all of the online learning and finished the hackathon. I think like 34, 36, something like that ended up uh, spending at the end of it. They had, we had like 20 hours of, um, of online training and webinars where we um, ended up working together with UNESCO and uh, SAP and about 20 different partners from internet society to all, you know, just scores of different partners um, that you know, helped us run the hackathon itself, helped us run the online learning. Uh, we ended up having, of those uh, uh, 34, 36 teams that um, submitted, there were like 170 people um, from like 25 different countries uh, creating just some amazing solutions, which we can talk about the solutions in a second, but. Yeah, I would love to hear about it. Well, I can say, Melissa, I had the privilege of being one of those judges and that was, I, I, I cried. I literally cried at seeing some of the ways that people were using technology to better this really sad situation that we're in. And as a mom of two, to think about how brilliant these minds are. And I, and I think that it was a substantial eye-opening moment because you went global. We came with yeah. all these different concepts that we might not have thought about if we just kept it to one specific area and the age range, the dynamic, the, the diversity of these people and humans that come, that came with these great ideas. Um, I found myself just blown away and I, you know, I want to say thank you for even letting me be a part of it because to see where people are taking this epidemic using tech to better the, the world, 
it was it was really powerful. And you, this was, you know, you started this. This was awesome. So well, now I need to know what yeah, happened. Don't... What are some of these projects? Yeah, like that's, I, we, we want, we <laughs> want to know the results. It's the ultimate teaser. You just gave us. <laughs> <laughs> that was just amazing. So um, one of the, one of the most exciting pieces was, um, you know, like, just seeing the breadth and depth of all of the different solutions that were um, that were created, I, you know, I'm. I don't, it depends upon the week. I'm not usually a big crybaby, but um, I actually cried when I watched one of the one of the videos, and it was about how this this guy like failed his SATs and he didn't do a good job in school because he didn't have access to, you know, preparation. Um, for and he, um, you know, didn't end up being able to fulfill some of the dreams that he had in his life, and he wanted to open up education for um, people in his um, his community, um, but they don't really have, um, you know, access to, um, you know, high bandwidth. Um, you know, they don't have access to high speed uh, uh, broadband, and so he came up with this solution about, um, you know, coming up with a, um, a WhatsApp, you know, a WhatsApp group, but based on kind of um, mentorship through WhatsApp, that was a pretty cool solution. Um, and there was, he did not win, but of the three winners, one um, created a um, COVID solution that it looks at um, x-rays and um, looks to identify cases of, um, of COVID. And they had just some really cool, um, you know, technical components that they incorporated into the solution with um, machine learning and you know, predictive modeling and data analytics, cloud computing, it, it, that part was pretty cool. And if you think about the way that the teams were um, were created, everyone had to have at least one person under the age of, I think it was 26, 25, 26. I can't remember what I said uh, in the in the, in the the rules. It was something like that. Um, so everyone had at least one young person. Um, and then everyone had to have at least one male and one female. Um, so, you know, from a gender diversity um, perspective, um, people were, you know, very much encouraged um, and required to think about, you know, age diversity. And obviously there are many different kinds of diversity that we can think about. And we really did our best to try to encourage that as well, um, as well as require it. Um, so those are a couple solutions. One of the other solutions was using um, AI to look at, you know, small businesses, because we all know, like, left and right small businesses are, are failing and you know with COVID-19 closures you know small business owners are trying to figure out what do they have access to in terms of government funding or other types of grants and solutions that can help them stay alive and stay you know keep them you know in a position to you know feed their families um, so they created an AI solution that looks at the specific business types and matches them with um, funding opportunities. Again, incorporating on uh, you know AI or machine learning, um, data and analytics, cloud computing, all kinds of really cool things. Um, the last one that I'm going to share because uh, I know it's kind of hard to keep up with all these different projects, but this one was just um, it, it touched me, um, and one of the reasons it touched me is because. This young person who participated, um, she just graduated from high school. And she beat out adults, you know, people who had, you know, careers, PhDs. And I, that was for me, you know, really inspiring because we all talk about, you know, um, empowering young people and empowering youth and the important role that young people play to, um, you know, kind of transition the world from being consumers of technology into 
you know, creators, makers, and doers empowered by technology. Um, so she created a solution that allows people to um, exercise um, using an app. So imagine you're on a, um, you know, a, a treadmill or whatever, and this app enables you through a VR solution to um, go and check out cultural heritage sites. So you're you know, kind of getting out of your surroundings and you're going and, and visiting the world while you're exercising. So it's kind of like, this, um, you know, the multiple challenges that we have right now. I know me personally, I'm not as active as I should be. You know, mm-hmm. many of us are stuck at home and, you know, what do, what do we do with that, with that energy? Um, and many of us, even though I am in a beautiful place right now, which by the way, I'm going to show you the water again. Love it. Jealous. Um, <laughs> but you know, many of us don't have access to um to the water right next to them. And, you know, again, I'm very fortunate that I do, but you know, many of us, you know, need that that VR solution that will enable us to feel like we're somewhere else, that we have the ocean or the sea or a lake or a stream or whatever next to us. So, we have so a when I think from, oh, I was say, we have a question <laughs> from the audience. <laughs> Uh, John Flores, he asked, what are your thoughts on the Folding at Home project? I know that was going on um, this spring during... Help me. Help me. Folding so, at Home. Okay. So it's a project where organizations could take unused compute and resources from their enterprises. Like, so actually my team did this at Cohesity because um, we were running all the trade shows and... Um, but all of a sudden that equipment wasn't needed anymore. So by donating it to the folding at home project, essentially we're allowing um, access to those that compute in those resources for COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just didn't know the name of it. So it's where you've got those extra computing resources and you're donating it, donating those compute resources to, you know, COVID-19 response right. or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just didn't know the name of the project. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with, all of the cool things, um, you know, that are happening. I think there are many things that, you know, the, the world could and should be doing. And I think enabling people to have access to access, access compute. Yeah, of course. I think there's a hell of a lot more all of us could and should be doing, but you know, we all, we all have zoom fatigue or whatever the right word is. We all are, you know, kind of trying to figure out how do we balance our mental health, our emotional health, our relationships are strained. So, you know, what can we do, you know, professionally or personally to, you know, solve this big wicked challenge and wake up and feel okay, you know? So Melissa, I have a question for you. So it's, it's on the topic of COVID and tech. I would love to know, you also have another side project where you, because, because I know, of your you side hustle a lot. Girl. Yeah, you do. And, and it's always for the good of others. And it's based on your amazing story with your children. And I'm not going to tell too much because I want you to tell your story, but what does your, um, you know, men for nation, mentor nations, what does that look like now with this new reality of COVID? How has it changed your effort? What are you doing? Tell us about it and, and tell us your story, right? You have an amazing story and how you used it for the, the good of tech and the good of others. Yeah. So I think a couple of different things, um, you know, my, um, my children, um, are my children and I, um, are victims of parental kidnapping 
and I know that's kind of like a, you know, super emotional conversation to have in a, you know, in a work tech call. And I guess this is a, you know, we, we all bring, um, you know, our, our personal lives into, you know, work and our professional lives into work. And sometimes it's, it's hard to, um, I don't know, bifurcate those two things or to, you know, split them apart. Um, for me, um, when this happened, and my children still aren't home, this happened more than 10 years ago, um, when they were three, five, and eight, um, they're now 18, um, 15, actually, no, I'm sorry, yeah, they were three, five, were they three, five, and eight? Oh, my brain is like mush now. Um, I purposely kind of, um, I don't know, put the, the timeline out of my head, and the reason I do that is um, I never want to remember, like, exactly what month it happened and, and exactly when it happened, because you know, not, that's not a date you want to remember. You know, you don't want to remember an anniversary or a birthday. You don't want to remember the day that, you know, your your ex-husband decided to pick your kids up from school um, and put them on a plane and take them to his home country. Um, they're safe. They're healthy. They're normal. You know, they're normal kids. Um, you know, that said, you know, I just got a text from my daughter, you know, telling me, Mom, he tells me I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Am I a bad person? You know, um, and... I think we're all dealing with, you know, many things in our lives and, you know, it's, it's really hard to deal with the things that we have to deal with in, in life. And I think for me, I didn't handle it very well in the first, you know, five years that it happened because I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I couldn't get them back and I didn't know what to do. Um, Legally, I didn't have really any options and, you know, the court system was very, you know, corrupt and challenging in, uh, in Tunisia, which is where they are sandwiched in between, uh, Algeria and Libya, um, the home of the Arab Spring. If you think about the Jasmine revolution and kind of what, um, transpired over the Middle East and Africa, you know, some years ago, that's where it started, you know, a few hours from their hometown. And, you know, the first five years, I'm kind of like, I don't know, just going through the motions of life. And I had um, a lot of really wonderful friends who um, slept on my couch for almost a year, more than a year, because they're like, if we don't, I don't know if she's going to make it, you know, because I didn't really have a reason. I didn't felt like I have a, or I didn't feel like I had a reason to live. And so um, over time, you know, um, I figured out how to compartmentalize that and, you know, how to put it in its place, you know, and it has its place now, but, you know, it's still there and it's not something that ever goes away. But when I was working at Microsoft, um, you know, I just left Microsoft back in uh, January or sorry, uh, November of 2018. And, you know, when I was at Microsoft, um, you know, one of the things my daughter said to me was, mommy, mommy, I'm learning Microsoft. And I'm like, what do you mean you're learning Microsoft? And I realized she was learning Word in her classroom without access to devices. And this kind of circles back to um, you know, combining both my personal and professional life, but also bringing something back to, you know, bringing, uh, circling us back to something I said earlier regarding uh, hackathons. And, you know, as I was looking at, you know, my daughter's situation and realizing, hey, I work at Microsoft, you know, I, I can solve this challenge of getting my daughter access to computers in our classroom because I realized she did not have access to computers in our classroom. They had one for the whole class, you know, 30, 40 kids going up and typing file open type, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, well, what can I do? And I realized that, um, you know, we had scores of devices all over the place. And so I created this, um, you know, hackathon project um, through um, the uh, kind of employee, uh, you know, 
hackathon, you know, uh, initiatives that happen at Microsoft. And uh, out of 4,000 teams, we won first place in the Inspired Me category for um, revolutionizing the way that um, the company dealt with um, devices. And as I started, you know, kind of exploring things with these devices, I thought, wow, you know, um, it's not just about having access to a physical device. It's not just about having access to the internet. It's also about skills and having you know, skills to make meaningful use of the internet. And that goes back to how do you empower young people to be creators, makers, and doers empowered by technology, not just consumers. And so I started doing these programs of teaching young people to, um, to code and young people um, to learn digital skills and to think about the, you know, starting their own companies and all the different things that, you know, are possible with technology. Um, ended up realizing, holy smokes, I have a company. So I launched that company. Um, I got two different entities, one in the U.S. and one in uh, Tunisia. We now have a co-working space, a robotics lab, an IoT lab, and we've taught tens of thousands of young people to um, to code in 12 countries. Wow. Well, your story is absolutely amazing, Melissa, and I love how you have taken something that could destroy a person and you've taken it, flipped it, and you're using it for good. And now we're all sitting here having virtual happy hour, talking about it and, and sharing what you've done. Um, yeah, I like so to say that it's like taking my worst nightmare and turning it into my superpower. Um, well, you've empowered. Huh? You've, you've used that negative energy in your life and turned it around and made it a positive energy and even empowered, you know, yourself, but others as well. And it's so inspiring. I, I mean, just every, like you've told me a story before when we were in Johannesburg, I just feel like, wow, there's so much strength in you. And I love the fact that you, you, you keep spilling that strength over to everybody else. Like, you, you know, there's so much goodness in you and, and I'm so honored to be one of your friends. Thank I you. hope I'm your friend. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that. And it's, uh, it is just wonderful. And it's when you think about what people are going through now and all of us are affected in different ways, it's, it gives others strength. So thank yeah, you for sharing that. It's, you know, I would say that it's, it's hard. It's even harder now because I haven't seen my, my children in a year and the, um, you know, they're now 18, 15 and 13. My oldest is old enough to leave on her own if she wanted legally. Um, but I think one of the biggest challenges with that is she doesn't want to leave her little sister. And so she's conflicted with, do I stay or do I go? Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really hard for her. You know, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, being that age and, and have, having gone through this my entire life, you know. Um, so they're either going to have a really damn good, um, you know, university application, uh, you know, application, what do you, the, you know, the, the letters that you've got to write, you know. Oh, God, I forgot what those are called, too. I can't um, remember. Letters, letters of recommendation. Yeah. Whatever, the essay or whatever you got yeah. to write. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long since I had to do that. I know. So I think they're going to have really good, you know, essays for college. Um, but, you know they're going to need a lot of counseling and that's something that is very difficult to come by. Um, and it's not something that's, um, you know, kind of appreciated, if you will, in many parts of the world. Where, oh yeah. It's a stigma. You know, where mental health yeah. is, is important. And some days I handle it good. Um, some days, not so much. I would say, honestly speaking, today is one of those not so good days, you know, where I'm kind of, you know, I'm in this beautiful place, but I'm by myself and I don't have my kids here. I don't have my family here. I'm by myself with my dog, you know? 
But I think that that's the one thing about, so, so two topics on that one. I think that that is where if we were more open about we're not okay today and that's okay. And giving each other grace and the ability to just have that mental shutoff day. I had to have that yesterday. Um, and then recover and how do you handle it? And that, that second piece is how do you handle it? You've taken something that is very hard and emotionally difficult and you empowered not only yourself, but you've empowered your children. And so you're setting an example of good and, and how to take a bad situation and not just be, make it better, but make it better for others. And that's what you've done with mentor nations. And I wonder, you know, when I see all the work that you're doing with mentor nations, a lot of it was live and it was one-to-one um, -one. in this new reality that we have of masking up and virtual, how do you see mentor nations changing with this new reality? We're figuring it out just like everybody okay. else, you know, yeah. um, I don't have the, you know, exact answer, but you know, we're, we're going day by day and, you know, a lot of our stuff has moved, you know, moved virtual. Um, you know, Tunisia has done a really great job in terms of how they handled um, uh, COVID-19 response and okay. is being, uh, you know, kind of, um, they're doing a lot of publicity around how well they've done, um, you know, comparatively speaking. And, um, you know, the, the center is open now. Um, you know, we follow kind of safe social distancing distancing parameters and, you know, masking up and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we're all going to figure out, you know, what do things look like next week, tomorrow? You know, I know, for example, here I'm, you know, calling from, or I'm, I'm in from, I'm uh, joining from uh, Puerto Rico and, you know, there was just a kind of announcement of um, today around, you know, what things are going to look like tomorrow. So as of tomorrow, the beaches and, and, and pool is closed. And this is something we didn't even know about you know, a few hours ago. Wow. So everything, you know, everything is changing for all of us. And, you know, we're figuring it out day by day. Well, I think you're handling it amazing. Where's your drink? Um, Did they ever bring you a drink, Melissa? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, I must I, miss I, it. It's, oh, a nice. it's a passion fruit mojito. So while we're talking about what we're drinking, I think you had something that you wanted to share with us, right? Yes, I have the finally my Alexander Valley Vineyards Rosé. I actually have a case of this in my dining room. Uh, wow. It's, yeah, it, it's my favorite rosé ever. I absolutely love it. It's like the perfect dry, crisp rosé. Um, it'll probably be gone by next week, though. <laughs> the case or that bottle? Uh, oh my God! The father's on the phone now. Okay. <laughs> Along with the um, the beaches and um, pools being closed as of tomorrow, um, they are they put in place um, a, a kind of dry zone, meaning you know after seven o'clock at night you can't get alcohol, and all the casinos are closed as of tomorrow. So people are kind of like, oh gosh, we're now. Wow. So what is your game plan, Melissa? Yeah, I know. What's what? What's your background plan here? <laughs> I went and bought a bottle of wine um, before uh, seven. <laughs> before wait, I just in. Just, wait, wait, just a bottle. Well, <laughs> I can I can go get more tomorrow. It's all good. And I have a friend of mine who's bringing some sangria in a little while at like eight thirty tonight. It's like seven thirty my time here. Just tweet if you need help. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a symbol for it if you can't. Um, I don't know what it is though. I think. Um, I think the free Britney Spears crowd has told us. Oh my gosh, what is that with all the fruit and the, uh, that's, that's oh, oh gosh, yeah, the whole Britney thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Britney. we should all figure out what the, um, you know, what the, what the signal is, but 
I don't know what the signal is. So I don't, yeah, hopefully I can, I can speak and let you know if I need help. <laughs> I bet, I bet if you posted on the Brittany thread that happened today where tomorrow she's supposed to post fruit if she's in trouble. I bet if you put on that post, what is the symbol for I need wine? Somebody in this thread will be able to answer your question. They say I would think so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> any any questions or were, were you gonna? I was just gonna say I think we need to wrap up. We're like just at at the the top of the half hour here. So we got two minutes. We got one and a half minutes left. So Thank just you. enough time to. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. I thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, it was fantastic. And hearing what you did too with your IBM project was thank you. very cool. The outcome. Um, thank you. So special. Well, sharing your story with the world is important. And I want to say thank you for joining us today. We were like down to the wire of if you would have power or not, and you made it happen like you always do. So thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. And I'm excited to thank you get so this much. Thank you for having me. We'll have and to have you back again. Maybe we can do like an on-site reunion when like things are normal again. Let's do it. Yeah. I got some beach houses we can visit. Oh yeah. Well, we'll We'll have a reunion in Puerto Rico. All right, good. <laughs> I'm All already right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye. Thank you, everybody. And that's the end of our show today. Melissa, why are you so awesome? <laughs>